0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. You're stuck with me no matter what. If you're listening to this, you chose to listen to me, so... It's all on you now. And of course, this whole month in January, we are focusing on the things that we can actually control and have some flexibility, because we all know we've got a lot of plans for this whole new year, but things can always take a different weird turn. And my guest today is going to talk about something that I think is so vitally important to helping us remain flexible. So Stacey Brown Randall is a multiple award-winning author of, get this, listen to this book title, Generating business referrals without asking. Dun dun dun! For all those of you who are a little shy, you better be paying attention. She's also the host of the Road to uh, the Road. (laughs) I already, I can't read my own handwriting. (laughs) The Road uh, to Grow Your Own Business, but I know that's not right. So we'll ask her about that uh, when she comes on too. At um, her own podcast, she's also a national speaker. She has had the privilege of helping some very well known corporations, and franchises. But her focus is really very specific, and she likes to work with small business owners and solopreneurs, especially in the real estate, financial, and professional services market. She's also been published in Entrepreneur Magazine, Investor Business Daily, Forbes, Fox News, and more. And just for you all, if you want to search her out on LinkedIn, this is what really made me happy, is her title is Chief Referral Ninja Master. So I can't even say anything better to introduce you, Stacy, but that. So welcome to the podcast.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Okay. I totally screwed up the name to your podcast. So please help me.
0: (laughs) Roadmap to grow your business.
1: If you saw my handwriting, which by the way, I started my career as an elementary teacher and I had a teacher tell me I would never get hired as a teacher because I had the worst handwriting in the world. (laughs) I did get hired as a teacher and I do have the worst handwriting. It's so bad I can't read it myself.
0: (laughs) So I think 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 we all have those moments, right? I mean, I think sometimes they're just things that should keep us, that should hold us back and then yet they don't. And there's a reason.
1: Exactly and it it makes me a little humble. I also say I was an English major and I can't spell, so thank God for spell check. But that's okay. I've written a couple of books. There's very few typos in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. You mentioned my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. And I know specifically that there are four typos in that book. And my publisher's like, do you want to update the version? And I'm like, yes. And I want to fix the typos because <laughs> they're yes. driving me crazy. I mean, I have my undergrad in communication and my master's degree in communication. And the fact, like I remember the very first email I got and they're like, you have a couple of typos in your book. And I was like, it was like soul crushing. I was like, you gotta be kidding. Like I paid editors. How do I still have, you know, I'm supposed to know grammar, but it happens to the best of us.
1: I did too. I did with my first book. And then I I released a second edition where we cleaned up all those things. And then we added like three more typos. So (laughs) (laughs) we fixed the first ones. We had some different ones. And then I'm like, whatever, I'm going to live with it. 80%
0: Yes. 80% and go, right? That's supposed to be our mantra as an entrepreneur. 80% and go. We're not looking for perfection. Just,
1: and that really, I mean, that alone fits our, you know, model of being flexible this year. You know, don't try for perfection. What's the saying that, you know, you you want to make God laugh? Tell him you've got plans. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so true.
1: Well, Stacey, I gave some highlights on your bio, but Tell us in your own words, a little bit about you, your business and how you help people shock their potential, especially by driving referrals. I can't wait to pick your brain.
0: You know, it's really interesting. I wish I could tell you that I woke up one day and God was like, here, moment of brilliance, Stacey, you're now going to go forth into the world and teach people a complete and total contrarian way to generate referrals. And you're going to teach them how to do it without asking. I really wish that were my story because how magnificent of a story would that be? I just woke up one day and had brilliance, right? (laughs) The angel sang and then poof, now I'm so, so smart. Unfortunately... But also, fortunately, I learned my process of how I teach other business owners how to get referrals without asking for them, because it was for me where the rubber meets the road in terms of I had a business that I ran for four years. It was an HR consulting firm, and then it landed me in the business failure club. So I have my membership badge that business failed. It didn't quite make it to the five year mark. It was four years and I had to hang up that shingle and I, my business failed and I had to go back to corporate America, which, okay, let's be honest. When you've had and tasted freedom, it's oh. even harder to go back. Like
1: Soul crushing.
0: it really is. I would sometimes like drive to work. And then as I would hear my heels click across the marble, as I walked through the office lobby, it would like jolt me into like, oh, mm. I made it to work. And I would think like, huh what was my commute like this morning? Like I, I would be like so zoned out I wouldn't even remember my commute. And it wasn't that I didn't work for a good company. It's that I wasn't in the right place, right? And that, right. Def, I mean, from I was sitting in, I remember sitting in the lobby for my, like waiting for my first interview Thinking to myself, okay, now what is my escape route? Like, how do I get out of here? Once I've done this job for however long I'm supposed to be here. Okay, God, like how are you getting me out? Like what's, yeah. what's the escape route, right? I was already thinking my exit strategy. So, but you know, my business failed. I had to go back to corporate America and you have choices in that moment. And I use mine to do the hard, like soul crushing work of why do I fail? And like looking back on that business failure and getting like everybody else is being successful with their business. Like what the heck is wrong with me? I'm really smart. Like I did great work. I mean, I had two of the largest accounting firms in the world as clients of mine, uh, KPMG and BDO, when I was an HR consultant, I was like, "How, how did I fail? And so when I started unpacking that business, there was a few key lessons that I learned. And a big one though was, okay. This whole business development thing, like filling your pipeline consistently with new mm-hmm. prospects who have the potential to say yes to working with you, that has got to be the focus. That it has to be what I'm paying attention to. And it wasn't, right? I was like most entrepreneurs who started out with their first business. And I was like, hey, I got a, I got a new client, put my head down, do all their work and look up and be like, oh, Lord, there's no more new clients. Now I got to yeah. go hustle. I got to go to this 14 rubber chicken." rubber chicken dinners and lunches for networking events and go try to find another client. That's a normal cycle, your first year in business. It is not a cycle a business can sustain and actually thrive on when you're still doing it four or five years later where I was. So the business failed. I reflected back on it. I figured out business development's gotta be the piece and I've gotta do something that I will be willing to touch and do every single day. And then I was like, wait a minute, referrals. That is something I'm totally willing to do. Looked back at my first business and I was like, okay, never received one referral in my Uh, first business. Actually, the only referral my HR consulting firm actually ever received came two years after I'd already shut down the business and I was back at corporate America. I was like, okay, (laughs) we probably need to shorten the timeline there if I'm going to want referrals to be successful. (laughs) I left corporate America. I became certified as a productivity and business coach while I was in corporate America. Because again, I was planning Mm -hmm. my escape route. Right. Left, It was just like 2013. I left corporate America. I started my second uh, business as a business and productivity coach. And I was really focused on just in the beginning, what I knew it was like networking to get clients. And it was like pounding the pavement and have 7 million cups of coffee and whatever it looked like. And as I started growing those clients, I started bringing on clients. I was like, okay, this is not feast or famine anymore. Like we need a system for business development. Oh yeah. Referrals. I want to figure that out. So like everybody else, I went to the all knowing Google and I was like, okay, Google, tell me, how do I get referrals? And all the articles, all the books, all the trainings, 99.9% of the time would tell you that, Hey, if you want to get referrals, great, just ask for them. And then they give you all the scripts and all the times to ask, who to ask, all the scripts yeah. to use. that's asking, asking, asking. And if it's not asking, it's paying a kickback or a commission for them and, or right, being right. really gimmicky and promotional. And I was like, none of that matches how I want to be seen in the marketplace. None of that matches the brand reputation that I want to be known for. I don't want to be the person who walks into a networking event and everyone scatters because, <laughs> oh God, here comes Stacey and all she's going to do is ask for referrals. So trying, right. and, you know, trying to figure that out, I was like, there's got to be a better way. And I literally just guinea pigged on my business, on my productivity and business coaching practice, my second business. I just guinea pigged on like, okay, how do I, referrals all happen from a trigger. That's why they teach mm-hmm. you asking. And then some of the mm-hmm. other ways, right, to make referrals has happen is, is it's the trigger point. So I was like, can we find a different trigger point that actually respects the referral source, the person who's going to refer me, and still yet pays attention to the human dynamic and psychology behind it? And I was right. like, yes, as a matter of fact, you can. And so my practice started growing. My coaching practice started growing and I got 112 referrals in my first year in business as a productivity wow. and business coach. Yeah. That I never asked for. I've gotten a hundred, more than hundred every year since. And I was like, this is great. I am not going to end up back in corporate America. My business is not going to fail right now. We're eight years later. But what happened is about a year after my co- my coaching practice started to really explode my clients who were small business owners and solopreneurs, said, what are you doing? Like, why are you growing Um, so fast? Why are you raising your rates on us? And why is it harder to get on your calendar? We we liked it when it was better when we, when you you were new, we needed you. Yes. Like (laughs) when you were a brand new baby, and needed some help. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm just getting all these referrals and it's making my life better. And you know, I have three children. So like spending every night networking, whether virtually, right. in our new universe or in the olden days, right. When we would actually go to places like three kids and carpooling and activities and stuff, that's not a reality. So I was like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm getting my business through referrals. And then those clients started saying, thanks so much for the productivity coaching you've been giving us. I now like to learn your referral strategy. And, you know, Uh as they say, the rest is history. When I had to start teaching it to them, I realized, oh, it's a process. And here are the steps that I follow. And I started teaching that to them and I've refined it over the years. And then of course, it was like, this was my ability to scale my business was I realized I could have scaled with some productivity thing, right? But I really wanted to scale with a referral piece. And so I created the online program and I still do offer it from a VIP with some one-on-one, but it's mostly done with an online program. So that's my scalability. Now we have nine, excuse me. Yeah, now we're in nine different countries all around the world. We have business owners from nine different countries in the Growth by Referrals program and it is my main focus now of what I really focus on to help people and it all came because I had to have a business failure but I'm so so thankful for that failure
1: I love it so tell me then a little bit more about this online you know Mm -hmm. this 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 what an interesting evolution of this tell me a little bit about what more about what it is and how it works
0: Yeah. So when I started teaching my clients, my business owner clients, how to generate referrals, and I started teaching them the steps in the process, it was all one-to-one and then Mm -hmm. it was workshops. So I'd have like, you know, 30, 40, 50 people in the room and I would teach a workshop, but let's be honest, it was very, very localized at that point. Now my coaching could be anywhere, of course, because it was phone-based or Zoom-based coaching, but the workshops were very much in person. And we're talking back in like 2013, 2014, 2015. But I knew that this had the potential to help more people, but I had to put it in a platform where more people could consume the information. And so I started dabbling with the, okay, what does this online learning kind of look like? If I created an online program, sometimes called an online course, like what would that look like? How would I take everything that I am so used to teaching live or in person Mm -hmm. How would I take that and create it into like a recorded module based program? And we've refined it. So we have upgraded the program now three times to make it that much better and provide that much more value Um, since we beta launched it um, Christmas of 2015. So it's, you know, it's come through many, many iterations, but I knew it was the way that my business could scale. And Mm. one of the other lessons I learned when my first business failed. So number one lesson was you got to touch business development every day, but you better find something you're willing to do right for me. That became referrals. But the other lesson I learned is guess when you can't scale when you're drowning. Yeah. So with my first business, I spent a lot of time drowning, never scaling, which means I was always trading dollars for hours. And in Mm. some cases that works really well, depending on your hourly rate or if you can do group sessions, but it's still your time. And all I needed back then was a snow day, which doesn't happen that often in Charlotte, but it does happen. (laughs) All I needed was a snow day or a a sick kid to throw my world into chaos if I had back-to-back client appointments. And so for me, I was like, I just want to move away from that. Right. And so when I paid attention to my referral process, if I can teach it to a room of 50, I certainly can record what I'm teaching and then deliver Mm -hmm. it to people all around the world. And so obviously, you know, it started out with, you know, it's everything starts slow and small as it's supposed to. And so I remember, I remembered when we got our very first student, like in Canada, I was like, I'm international. Is that international? (laughs) Like I had to think for myself, like that's international. It's yes. totally international, right? And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we got a client in New Zealand and I'm like, now I'm all the way around the world, right? Oh, and yeah. so, you know, we've got client, you know, I've got an attorney in the Bahamas, right? A financial advisor in Germany. I've got a mortgage broker in the UK. Like, and then nice. I think I have an interior designer in like Scotland, like, and then of course, I've got a number of like realtors and business owners and things in Canada. And of course we have a huge base within the United States as well. But it's like, it was the ability to figure out that what I teach I could teach over video format. I can put it yeah. on a password protected site where once you, you know, once you invest in it, you get access to it. But we do a lot of things different inside our online program. And it makes me really happy because it allows me to still give that one-to-one um, access when people mm-hmm. are going through my process. Because the biggest, let's let's be honest, when we buy anything online, the number one thing we want to do is, is well, what happens when I have a question? What happens when I get stuck? And so we right. like moved the platform over last year we had a huge Investment last year, or actually 2019, so almost like two years ago now. um, We made a huge investment that was like, okay, we got to put in a site where people can actually upload what they're doing and know that I'm me or someone on my team is actually going to review it. And so we do a lot of things different with the program that allows my students to feel like, and I call them students, they're business owners, but it allows my students to feel like, okay, I'm investing in this and I know exactly what I'm doing. Right. And yeah. now I'm having success because Stacy's telling me I'm doing it right, yeah. <laughs> which is actually really important for people when they invest money with you.
1: It's true. It's true. People want to feel like there's a personal, you know, approach to it. And it's interesting. You're talking about this because, um, I'm seeing the evolution of online courses. You know, I've seen people are constantly telling me you need to do this and this and this. And I'm like, I'm not ready. Cause what I do is I haven't figured out how to make it work like this. Although I mm-hmm. think I'm, I'm getting there. Um, but my, um, uh, a very good friend of mine owns a marketing agency. And so he, and he likes to work with solopreneurs to teach them everything from social marketing to all this. And so I have a marketing person on my team um, based out of Kenya. And so I'm putting her through this, this course and it's like a 12 week course. And I didn't know what she was doing. I just knew she'd ask me random questions. And one day I asked her, I said, so, you know, how's it going? Thinking it's just a couple videos here and there and a random assignment, she goes, I can only describe it as if I've gone to, I've been accepted a very, very expensive, prestigious girls boarding school. And we have so much work every day that we fall into bed exhausted every night. And on Sunday, if we're lucky, we have a few hours to visit with our friends. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, this is the most intensive thing I've ever done. And I told the, the, yesterday I was talking with the gentleman who created this program. I told him the story, he goes, awesome. Because I had no idea because they're in in their beta test. And um, it was just amazing because she's so interactive with their team. And that's, I think it's so important that, you know, for you to be able to say, not only here are the steps, but we're going to help you or we're going to be there. We're going to give you some feedback that's personal. So it feels like your investment is truly an investment and not just a cost for training, you know?
0: It is. And you know, it's funny. I actually would never want any of my students to feel the way that your employee feels (laughs) like there's a mental exhaustion. They're like, Oh my God, that's so much work. But the truth is when you take a topic like marketing, and you break yeah. it down. I can only imagine that's exactly what his program is like. What I love is that my program specifically is going to teach you what to do if you want to generate more referrals from people who've already referred you and you want mm-hmm. to do it without asking them for it. Now, here's mm-hmm. the thing. I also know you're probably going to need more people, different people referring right. you, right? So there's another training that is kind of included in that, but we look at our trainings as like a layered approach. And so the first layer is, okay, you've got existing referral sources. How? in the heck do you get more referrals from them and not let it just be this like sporadic random thing that happens that you're so grateful for. So like, how do we take care of those referral sources to get more referrals? That's layer number one. Then layer number two is, okay, great. Now you've got a plan in place. You're getting more referrals from the people who've referred you before. What about those clients and contacts that you wish were referring you? Now, let me teach mm-hmm. you the process to how to turn them into referral sources. Because once you take a client who's never referred you, or somebody who's in your network, who you wish was referring you, who's never referred you, and they ref- and you use this process to get them to give you that first referral... Well, then you drop them back into your first layer, which is your existing Uh referral source strategy, and you keep getting more from them. And so I teach it in like the six layering approach. But the truth is, when you look at my program, the program teaches you layer one. There's a bonus masterclass training that's going to teach you layer two. And then some of the other layers you need to have are actually going to be found in other areas because I never want that program to be so overwhelming. You don't get Mm -hmm. through it because if you can't get through it, guess what? you don't get success and I don't get a testimonial. So at the end of the day, it's really important you get through and you have success because I want to see my students go from like, I'm thinking about Catherine, who's an attorney. You know, she started the program in 2016. She got three, her average number of referrals a year was three to four and her first year 2017, she was like at 20 referrals. First year, she oh, went from three fantastic. or four to 20. In her second year, she went to 40. Right, and she continued to maintain that even in 2020. When we were like, I, I told a lot of my my growth by referral students when when COVID hit. I was like, okay never been through this. We don't know what to expect. Our goal is, is to try to at least do what you did in 2019 for referrals received. You, everybody set a goal for more referrals in 2020 in January, right? Because that's what you do if you've been following the process for a while. I mean, I have people who've been in my program now who are getting success every year and they're in their sixth year. And so I said, let's just try to maintain 2019 numbers. And some people have grown past that because their industry was, is in a position to do that. And others, the goal was just to maintain. And so with, with Catherine, I think she had set her goal for 2020, like 60 something. And like, and then when she hit like 40 something, she was like, okay, I'm good. Like 2020 was a crazy hard year. And I'm just (laughs) glad not (laughs) to decreased in my referrals because a lot of people eventually look at their referral generation. And, you know, Catherine goes from getting three or four clients from referrals to now getting 40 in a year. amazing! And she's like, that is my main source of of referral generation. That doesn't mean she doesn't have a YouTube channel and an online website and things like that. But like, that is a main source for her and a strategy. She works and we want it to keep working, which is obviously, which means you got to put the work in to do it too.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm definitely going to check it out for myself anyway. (laughs) We hope that you are enjoying this episode of Shock Your Potential. We're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at cukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. So, you know, as we know, the topic for this month is new year, flexible focus. So, you know, what are your tips for having people maintain that kind of mental flexibility? I think that's one example, you know, that you gave for last year saying, okay, let's not try to expect the moon, but don't, let's not go backwards. But what do you think going forward will help, you know, my listeners and viewers say, okay, no matter what comes at us, it doesn't mean it's got to, you know, make us a business failure. We can, there are things we can do.
0: I think when you look at it from my perspective, in terms of what I teach my students, and we're paying attention from a very specific focus of a sales focus, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So if we're
0: trying to stay flexible and looking at it from a sales focus. The number one thing I would say is if you don't have a referral strategy, that's where I would tell you to start. I teach mm-hmm. sales strategy as a three-legged stool. Most people teach it as a two-legged stool. They teach your prospecting plan and your marketing plan. And then they fit referrals into their prospecting plan by asking Or paying for them, or they fit Mm -hmm. referrals into their marketing plan. And that means we got to get promotional, gimmicky, and sometimes cheesy to, you know, fishing for those Mm -hmm. referrals with your bag of goldfish that you send out, right? So I tell folks take referrals out of prospecting and marketing and add a third leg to your sales strategy, which is your referral plan. And the same language that are the same things I am teaching people this year that I started teaching in March of 2020 was ultimately look, you've got to have a referral strategy, you've got to have a referral plan. And step number one is to know who's referring. You in the past, and then Mm -hmm. figure out how to have a better relationship with them. Of course, we teach a referral strategy where you do, uh, you know, ongoing touch points and kind of like four to eight in a year. Like, you don't need like this weekly, daily, monthly stuff. It's like not necessary to generate more referrals. But we teach you need about six to eight touch points in a year, but it starts with identifying who your referral sources are. So, I always tell folks, identify the gaps in your business anytime you can. Nobody needs a global pandemic to identify a gap in their business, right? So if you know that you should be getting more referrals than you're getting, well, something to stay flexible on is to be like, okay, what would it look like if I actually put in a referral plan into my business and I identified my referral sources and I knew what this looked like? And then if I had that in place, how will that help me six months from now or 12 months from now? So sometimes it's looking at the gap and deciding I'm going to get serious about actually fixing and solving this gap and making time for that.
1: I love it. I think that's really important. And, and you're right. I mean, I think I, I really appreciate you sharing your story too, about your business failure, because I've been a serial entrepreneur. I've had one that was pretty successful that I had to close for other reasons. And then I had to make that walk back into corporate America. (laughs) Um, And then I had some that weren't, uh, you know, that never one that never got off the ground. And, you know, one that, you know, just was a bad business relationship. And I, and I look back at that in in times of struggle and strife, you know, your mental spot goes back there. Oh God, I don't want that to happen again. And, you know, 2019, 2020 hit uh, my business hard too. And one of the biggest things I had to recognize was the gap that I had. I had a huge gap and boy, it's hard. It's hard to see it and look at it. But if you're spending time looking at it more regularly to identify the gaps, but you're working more importantly on a strategy to help be a bridge during those times, then success will come and it allows you to be more nimble. And I think that's such a great strategy. I would bet you that my listeners and viewers are probably feeling the same way. Like, okay, that sounds great. I have never given that much time and attention to really, truly driving referrals.
0: Right, and I would say most people haven't because if you have ever accepted the old advice, the old referral trigger that you have to ask to receive a referral and you're like, no, that feels awkward and desperate and uncomfortable and I don't want to do it. Well, then more than likely, you've actually turned a blind eye to referrals because the way you've been taught to do it Is Hey, you got to go ask for it. Oh, you don't want to ask? Well, then you don't get any. And if they come in, it's random. It's sporadic. Lucky you. It's a cherry on top for your year. And then, but you're conditioned to believe that it's not something that you can consistently receive unless you're willing to consistently ask. And the strategy that I teach says, listen, we do have to take care of our referral sources. The last thing they want is to be asked to give us referrals. So let's take care of them in a different way. Let's use different language. Let's be memorable and meaningful in a different way. Let's express our gratitude and our thankfulness that they've referred us in the past and allow that to be able to trigger new referrals to come in for us. And in that case, right, once you kind of look at it differently, you're kind of like, oh, well then I do want a strategy. For referrals, right? It's like yeah. identifying that gap and being like, okay, that's a way I can close that gap and in a way that honors who I am and allows me to align with how I want to do business and respect the people that I'm going to do, you know, that I'm going to have be generating referrals from. And I think that's really important when we're identifying our gaps is sometimes you have gaps because of what you've been taught previously. That isn't necessarily always going to hold truth. And you've got to be willing to shift your mindset. Like, I mean, one of the first things I tell people when they come into my program or they're even thinking about the growth by referrals program is I'm like, look, you have been conditioned and you don't even know it that you're supposed to ask for referrals. I mean, I have had people who have gone through the program and been like, okay, I'm doing everything you told me. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, are you getting referrals? They're like, yes. Now, when do I go ask for more? And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? And I'm like, you're that's like your con- back
1: to stage one.
0: Yeah. I'm like, that's your conditioning speaking. And they're like, oh, that's right. I don't have to ask. And then it's like a light bulb goes off, right? Some people the light goes, go, light bulb goes off. Like the first time they just see the cover of my book. They're like, without asking, boom, tell me all about it. Other people, yeah. we have to overcome all of their crazy conditioning. And I think that for, for identifying your gaps, sometimes we have gaps and we don't even realize the why behind them. We just look at the fact that they're there. Um, And I see it all the time with people when it comes to referral generation. I'm like, you're not receiving them not because you're not worthy. Everybody actually deserves referrals. What you have to recognize, though, is you got to do some work. You're not owed referrals. So you got to do some work to receive them. And don't do it the way you don't want to do it. There is another way. You've just got to be willing to learn it.
1: And I love what you just said. It's not that you're not worth it. You're not owed it. Exactly. That's a really great way to look at it because a lot of times people think that if I'm so good and they love me so much, why won't they just out of the give. kindness of their heart give send a referral? Well, they don't owe it to you and you're not at, always at the top of mind. So right. it's easy to have that fall by the wayside. Stacy, so much fabulous information. I know we will have all of our, um, your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now and look up your program, what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Yeah. So my home base is my website, Randall.com, And of course the program's website is growthbyreferrals.com.
1: I love it. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: You know, one of the things I teach When people get into my program, and this is a step I actually teach all the time, because I think it's something that people need to know, is if you'll go through the process of identifying who's referred you over the last couple of years, who referred you in 2020, who referred you in 2019, even go back to 2018, if you want a gold star go back to 2017, but who referred you over the last two to four years, and you look at that list of people right? If you really get clear on who your referral sources are, I guarantee you will look at your business different. You will look at your business and you'll be like, there is money left there on the table because I bet they know more people they could refer to me. And I always tell folks, when you first identify who your existing referral sources are, everything changes because you see your business's biggest asset. You see your list of gold and you're like, oh my gosh, I have people who refer me every year and I haven't talked to them in nine months and you instantly want to change it. So you're going to see your business differently. And then you just got to learn the strategy to how to take care of them, but do yourself a favor, do the data dive to figure out how to like, figure out who your referral sources are. I detail it out in chapter eight of my book, but like, look at who your referral sources are and then allow that information to really prompt you to take action, to get serious this year, right? To really get serious about generating more referrals, but getting them without asking.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Stacey. That's fantastic information. I'm so glad we've had you on. You have been an amazing guest with fantastic information.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology while the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.